We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Yeah, you heard it. This is Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. That guy sitting right over there, that's Chris Biederman. You might know him from the Sacramento Bee, where he is the 49ers beat reporter. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers for NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And Chris, uh, I hope you're staying safe out there in Santa Clara. We normally joke about the the heat this time of year, but uh, a lot of California is currently literally on fire. Uh, so I hope you and 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 your your family are staying safe. Uh, given that we have been in constant communication through this, I'm I'm assuming that's the case. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. You look at the the fire maps. Um, I live pretty close to to Levi's Stadium, and it's basically right in between the the two big fires to. Uh, to the west in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and then to the east. Um, so yeah, it's it's 
kind of a weird situation going outside and seeing the smoke everywhere. I know that's not unique to, to really anywhere in the Bay Area right now, but um, I definitely want to echo your thoughts and, and hope everybody's staying safe, um, staying healthy. Uh, and, and you know, these are crazy times. These are these are really crazy times where it's like I didn't I, I, I went out the other day and didn't know if I was wearing like which was more important. Do I wear a mask to avoid uh, the coronavirus, the worldwide pandemic we're currently in, or do <laughs> I wear a mask to try to avoid inhaling smoke? Um, so 2020 just never is just the gift that keeps on giving, I guess is, is the point I'm trying to make here. Just a really good indicator of, of how the world is going. So hopefully we can take some people's mind off of, of all the craziness that's going on, uh, for a little bit talking 49ers training camp is in full swing. The kickoff for the regular season is just over two weeks away on September 13th. We're recording this August 25th. So, uh, Chris, what I want to do today is I want to go through uh, some of the news that came out of, of Tuesday's practice. There's some significant injury news. Uh, and then I want to get to some of your takeaways from training camp. I'm not down there at camp. You are, and, and you have some takeaways that, that I, I think are worth discussing. So let's get into that. But before we, before we do all of that, I just want to shout out to Kyle Shanahan, who today... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-ambiguously put Earl Thomas 49ers rumors to bed, which was really nice of him because I didn't want to have to spend more podcasts talking about a safety that the 49ers are not going to sign. <laughs> Every single star out. player that hits the market, <laughs> somebody says the 49ers may or may not be interested in. And the, or says they should the 49ers call. actually significantly interested in, in any of these guys. Yeah. I think if, we, if we've learned anything from the last couple of years covering this team, it's that every big name player gets somehow linked to the 49ers by some national reporter or another. And it's always extremely unlikely that that player ends up uh, with the 49ers. And, and we can add Earl Thomas to the list, of course, with Kyle Shanahan saying today unequivocally, um, the 49ers are not interested in Earl Thomas. They signed Jimmy Ward to a twenty eight and a half million dollar contract over three seasons in the spring. Uh, they did that because they want him to be their starting free safety, not Earl Thomas. So that puts that to bed. I'm very curious to see what happens with Earl, though, because he's in a very uh, interesting time in his career. <laughs> yeah, to we put had, it lightly. We had, I, I never mentioned this, so I will this time. I'm a producer for 95.7 The Game of Barrier, sports talk radio station. And we had on Vinny Serrato, former Washington football team executive who now does middays. Uh, also a former 49ers scout, uh, now does does middays for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. And Is that an industry term, actually, middays? Yeah, to 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So he has a show there. Yes, he has a okay. show there. Just <laughs> um, that's uh, widely known as middays <laughs> in, okay. in radio circles. Sure. So, <laughs> so uh, we had him on, and you were listening and he was not super complimentary of, of Earl Thomas. Just basically yeah. said he's slower than he used to be. He can't play the single high spot. Like, if he's going to be effective, it's going to have to be as a box safety. I, it was it was not a glowing review of Earl Thomas. And then confirmed a bunch of reports that teammates didn't like him and coaches didn't necessarily like him. He's kind of a loner. So um, I, like to I didn't point think out... the Niners were going to do it before that. And then after hearing that, I was like, man, if this is how he's viewed 
around the league it's rough yeah and and i like to point out how often we're right about guys like which guys the 49ers should or shouldn't sign um so i'm gonna point out when we or at least i was wrong um i was wrong on earl thomas i i thought two years ago the 49ers really should have taken a hard look and they ended up making the right decision and sticking with jimmy ward um signing him to a one-year deal at the time i think it was what five million dollars or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of giving earl thomas that four-year 55 million dollar contract he signed with baltimore which wound up being just a disaster um so i'll i'll take the l here i was i was wrong about earl thomas a year ago i don't remember exactly what i said about earl thomas so i'm not going to accept an l if i don't have to okay i'm just going to continue basking in my rightness yeah Okay. <laughs> so on, on Jimmy Ward Island. So so injury news from today. Uh Nick Bosa, D Ford, and Brandon Ayuk were three players among the eight who did not practice for the 49ers. Um Nick Bosa is week to week with a muscle strain in his legs. Uh D Ford, he's day to day with some calf irritation. Brandon Ayuk, he's week to week with a hamstring strain. Uh it was considered mild. Um, and you said that that Kyle Shanahan's tone was pretty noticeable when he talked about Ayuk's injury. Yeah, so he the he said the team was basically bracing for something significantly worse than a mild strain. Um, so it, it sounds like the good news there is that none of those guys have necessarily been ruled out for week one. Um, it's obviously too far out to, to say, but assuming, you know, you follow logic here like week to week three weeks away would indicate that there's a reasonable chance that bosa and Ayuk will play and, and d ford is day-to-day um with calf irritation uh so the 49ers have been really conservative when it comes to um the way they treat their guys and and they will gladly keep guys off the practice field if it means getting them healthy for games so while it is certainly notable that these guys are all hurt just because they're very important players and their availability um, could really just determine how successful the season goes like one of the reasons the 49ers went to the Super Bowl last year was because they had Nick Bosa for every game they played right right Um, and so you know given the state of the remember he missed most of training camp last year he yeah he he really only had a handful of training camp practices before having that um, high ankle sprain and and that came after he missed OTAs because of a hamstring injury Um, and Bosa wound up being just fine during the regular season so you know that that's the silver lining for Bosa in that he came into camp in really good shape he was playing at a really high level before going down Um, it seems like this is a precautionary thing Uh, we will have to see as time goes by but um, for now they're Nick Bosa and Brandon Ayuk aren't going to be on the practice field over these remaining three practices that the media has to watch in full this week, including Fridays, it's that's going to be in Levi's Stadium. But um, to me, I think the most significant news item coming out of today is just Ayuk, because him being week to week now is a pretty big deal because Kyle Shanahan talked about how valuable all these practice reps have been for Ayuk. And, and frankly, and I've written it a couple different times, Ayuk has been the best rookie receiver in training camp that I've seen since covering the 49ers in 2013. Um, I think he's the 49ers like Kendrick Bourne is established and, and, you know, has played in games and has made a lot of big catches. 
Um, so you give him the the benefit of the doubt if you were ranking the two. But like in terms of talent and just watching practice and the way things have gone, to me, Brandon Ayuk is clearly the 49ers best receiver right now. Um, wow. And he's, you know, he's running the full route tree. He looks really good after the catch. I know it's, you know, they're not tackling in practice, but he's made guys miss in a pretty significant way with um, some pretty unique uh, just movement ability. Like it, he, he had... He took a slant um, during team drills. It was, you know, he started on to on Jimmy Garoppolo's left, took a slant, caught the pass. And usually a slant is just you you have the ball, you continue, you know, running your your trajectory or whatever after you make the catch. He caught the pass, stopped, turned the other way towards the sideline and completely dusted Emmanuel Mosley and turned what would have been a 10 or 12 yard gain into like a 20 or 30 yard gain. And it was just really one of those wow plays for me. And and he's been Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, one of his favorite targets during practice. So, um, you know, if 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 there's anything to say about Jimmy Garoppolo's pass catchers, it's that he doesn't really just trust guys willy nilly and, and target guys if he doesn't really trust them. And I think, you know, going back to last year, that's one of the things I missed with, you know, evaluating Dante Pettis is that. Jimmy Garoppolo never really trusted Dante Pettis and didn't throw a whole lot to him last year in part because he didn't really have any success when he did. Um, that's a complete opposite with Brandon Ayuk right now, or at least before he got hurt. Um, Ayuk was was a really prevalent part of the passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think is super impressive, not only because he's a rookie in Kyle Shanahan's system, but because like this offseason's crazy and Ayuk hasn't had really any practice time. He had no OTAs. He didn't have any of that acclimation period that you would get from a typical rookie. So the fact that he hit the ground running and is already the best receiver on the practice field, in my opinion, is is really significant. And now missing him over at least the next week, I, I would imagine that the 49ers are going to take things super slowly with him until they start preparing for the Arizona game uh, week one. I, I think Ayuk has probably been the 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 most promising development of 49ers camp in terms of, you know, what's new, like, you know, the, 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 the best development for the 49ers is the fact that they have a loaded roster. That's returning a lot of players from the NFC um, championship team that, you know, from last year, but Ayuk um, and I guess you could lump Trent Williams into this too, but Ayuk has been really good. So, so losing him to injury is a significant blow, but the fact that, he hasn't been ruled out for week one is promising and and this doesn't seem like a long-term issue but you know hamstring injuries can be problematic and they can linger so we'll have to see but uh, uh there's there's a lot of of good happening with Brandon Ayuk in in the week or I guess week plus of practices that I've been able to see and and I think the 49ers should be excited about that barring this injury do you think he'll be like let's let's assume he's healthy week one and he's going to play is he going to be the starter or does that depend on Debo Samuel's health uh, uh or, or or do you think regardless of Debo Samuel's health Brandon Ayuk is gonna is gonna be there so we're not allowed to report um who's starting and and who's getting first team reps and and all of that stuff um so I'm not okay. going to report any of that but I will say if I were to Get venture a guess on who is going to start based on what I've seen from practice, I think the 49ers top three receivers right now are pretty clearly Brandon Ayuk, um, Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor. 
And so, you know, I think Dante Pettis has had a good camp and looks significantly better and different um, than than last year. I don't know that he's necessarily going to crack the top three. And one thing I, I do feel comfortable saying, and I don't think this is against the rules, um, the reporting rules, is that the 49ers have been rotating at practice significantly less at receiver than than they usually do. Hmm. And it was a talking point last year and, and maybe even the year before that is the 49ers during full team drills would rotate at receiver basically at will like Sean Poindexter who you know obviously far lower on the depth chart than guys like Dante Pettis or even Debo Samuel like he was getting as many first team reps as anybody else right and and that was one of the weird things that that me and and some other writers would talk about like how are you going to develop a receiving core if these guys aren't getting the first team reps that they really need. And that was, that was a discussion point that we had this year. It's the opposite. And, and you saw it, you know, after Emmanuel Sanders came over midway through last year, the 49ers really stuck to their top three receivers, right? It was Kendrick Bourne, Emmanuel Sanders, and Debo Samuel. And those guys really didn't come off the field all that much. Um, I think we're seeing something similar on the practice field. So um, I'm not reporting it, but my guess right now would be that the 49ers top three receivers are pretty clear cut if everybody's healthy and not excluding Samuel, but um, in the guys that are, that have been healthy, it, it's, it, I think it would be Ayuk, Taylor and, and Bourne. Just pure speculation. Purely speculation. Just trying to carve out an educated guess. So that's a good way. <laughs> that was a good way to dive into our training camp takeaways. Uh, before we get into the rest of these though, let's take a very quick break. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making through making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Hmm. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are of the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. I know a lot of people could use that. Um, And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. I cannot wait to subscribe to this because I'm going to be sitting at home on Sundays when the 49ers are on the road and, and watching all these games. 
when the 49ers are not playing and I'm not writing about them, of course. Um, but no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use a promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So one of your takeaways from from camp was that Brandon Ayuk is having a great camp. And we talked about him uh, a little bit when discussing his injury and, and why his injury is is a potentially significant blow to the Niners offense. So that's how we're going to dive into the training camp takeaways. Uh, so number one was Brandon Ayuk uh, has been having a great camp prior to tweaking his hamstring. Is that does that sum it up? Yeah. Okay, good. Moving on, uh, the 49ers' other first-round pick, their first of their two first-round picks, Ayuk was the second one, number 25 overall, Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. He went number 14 overall. He's big, but uh, <laughs> according to reports, Chris, can you confirm? Yeah, he's Okay, large. good, good. Uh, apparently not having a super productive camp, though. Explain. Well, so... It's funny the way training camp coverage can be because so much of it is player X says nice things about player Y and those are the stories. And it makes sense because um, we don't really have games to write about and talk about. Um, so when everybody early in training camp is talking about how big Javon Kinlaw is, it's a storyline that every, you know, Javon Kinlaw is a massive person and bigger than DeForest Buckner um, in terms of weight, not necessarily height, but um, Kinlaw is is very raw as a pass rusher, and he's admitted as much. He basically Lakin Tomlinson has eaten his lunch for the majority of one-on-one -on -one pass rushing drills, and there hasn't been a whole lot to say about Kinlaw as a pass rusher in full team drills either. And part of that too is that I think Lakin Tomlinson is having a really, really good training camp and could be um, I don't know if, if he would even qualify as a left guard who was pretty good last year as like a breakout candidate. Um, but I think Lakin Tomlinson, you know, he's one of the strongest guys on the team. So the fact that Javon Kinlaw, also one of the strongest guys on the team, albeit a rookie, isn't like lighting it up against Lakin Tomlinson. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily concerning. And, and, you know, you and I have said it all along, like the 49ers don't need a 12 sack season from Javon Kinlaw to have a good defensive line or a good pass rush, right? They just need right. Kinlaw to occupy double teams to be, um, you know, to be good against the run. And, and I think he will be that. Uh, but where he's struggling is with his refinement as a pass rusher with, you know, hand placement, with keeping his pad level down um, with having counter moves and Lake and Tomlinson, you could probably say is, you know, one of the better left guards in the league right now. And Tomlinson has clearly had that advantage. Um, and Tomlinson's no slouch, just, you know, he's a first round pick. So, you know, Kinlaw has said that he said in his interview session that he used to just play bully ball in college and that worked effectively because um, he wasn't going against NFL linemen. He could just basically overpower everybody he was going against. And that's really not the case right now with Lake and Tomlinson, just because of how good Lake and Tomlinson has been and how strong Lake and Tomlinson is. So is it enough to be concerned about Kinlaw? I mean, it's, it's certainly not great. You would love to have your first round pick come in and dominate from the jump, but 
um, you know, we said it with Ayuk, like there aren't, there weren't OTAs for Kinlaw. There were, there was very little on-field work. Um, I think he's still getting into shape. He looks good. Like he looks like he looks like he's been working out um, and, and he came into camp in good shape, but I, I think there's a different level to, to football shape that he needs to be in and he hasn't gotten there yet. Um, so, you know, it could be that Javon Kinlaw this year is really a base down player and is taken off the field in pass rushing situations, which, you know, clearly wouldn't be ideal. Um, but that might just be the reality of the situation in that, you know, DJ Jones, who was back on the practice field today after, um, after Lakin Tomlinson actually fell on him last week, uh, that's good news for the 49ers because DJ Jones has actually had a lot of push as a pass rusher. He's looked really, really good when he's been out there. Um, Kentavious Street, I don't, if people hmm. remember him, he's had a really good camp and has been really difficult for, for guys to block. And it looks like he's bulked up for more of a role on the inside now that his knees are healthy, um, or I guess as healthy as they're going to be. So I think Kentavious Street might be somebody who gives a 49ers some punches, a pass rusher. Um, Solomon Thomas has, has added about 15 pounds and, and, you know, he's made significantly a significant number of, of plays um, during, you know, during team drills and has looked a lot better in one-on-one. So, um, you know, I, I, the 49ers aren't going to be able to replace DeForest Buckner's production with just one person. It's going to be by committee. And I think, um, you know, with the combination of DJ Jones, Contavious Street and Kinlaw, um, you know, I, I think they, they could replicate the production from Buckner, um, particularly too, if D Ford comes back and is fully healthy, which right. obviously hit a snag this week, but, um, you know, they're, 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 the point being, I guess, is you're not the 49ers this year, at least are not going to make up for DeForest Buckner's absence solely with Javon Kinlaw. And it wouldn't surprise and- me at all if Kinlaw is limited to being kind of a run stuffing defensive tackle for the time being until he refines his pass rushing moves. And I, and I think he will get there. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I just don't know if we're going to see him dominate um, or even play at a high level really this season. I think the 49ers are probably going to have to pick their spots with him and, and uh, we'll have to see. He's got all the physical tools. Like you said, he's big, but it's just, it's been a slow start for him. And, uh, and it's not entirely surprising just given that this is the off season of COVID. One, I think multiple players filling in for Buckner was always the most realistic expectation. I mean, the hope for the 49ers was was that um, was that Kinlaw would come in and be able to kind of do everything right away. But he played so much nose tackle at South Carolina and was just so much bigger and stronger than everybody. And he even said that. He said that, you know, being big and strong isn't, I'm paraphrasing, but being big and strong isn't going to work in the NFL because everybody's big and everybody's strong. And he has to kind of refine his 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 skills as a pass rusher. And realistically, that probably wasn't going to take one offseason, whether it was a normal offseason or not. And it's, it's probably not going to happen in the middle of this season. So if he can be productive when he is on the field and the 49ers can put him in a position to succeed, he may not put up huge numbers and and there will inevitably be the discussion about the 49ers shouldn't have moved on from Buckner or whatever, but I, I, I've heard enough good things uh, about Kinlaw that uh, I, I agree with you. You can't, you can't just out and out call him a bust if he doesn't, if he doesn't come out and, and rack up a bunch of sacks 
uh, right away. So the third takeaway you have written down here is that, and we discussed this a little bit when talking about Brandon Ayuk, but Trent Taylor, who looked really good last offseason before before his his Jones fracture and the subsequent issues with all the surgeries, Trent Taylor is healthy and looks uh, terrific. Yeah, and he, he said today he basically feels like he's back to his old self. Um, the The issue now is, you know, getting down the intricacies of the offense, being able to physically do everything. Um, you know, I guess it's for more like a muscle memory thing, you know, remembering everything you have to do to be successful in this offense. And, and I'm certain that this version of Kyle Shanahan's offense that he's implementing in 2020 is, a, you know, pretty further, pretty evolved from uh, what Taylor ran the last time he was really playing at a high level at the end of 2017, when really Jimmy Garoppolo was running a, an abridged version of the offense. So, um, you know, with Debo Samuel potentially missing some time with Brandon Ayuk on the shelf, at least for now, um, Taylor could be a really important, a, a really important player for the offense. And, and I think the 49ers need Taylor to be healthy and productive. Otherwise, I don't know that the offense is, is going to be good enough um, for the 49ers to at least take that next step that they need to take uh, from an offensive perspective. So, um, yeah, I think Taylor has looked good. Jimmy Garoppolo certainly has a good rapport with him. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know that there's a whole lot to say about Taylor. Like, you know, he's, he's running his routes really well. He's really been a handful for, for the defense to cover. Um, and he's been productive in team drills, but that comes with a caveat too, of saying K1 Williams, the slot cornerback who Taylor has gone against a lot, um, hasn't really practiced and, and he has calf tightness, um, and I don't think the 49ers believe that, that that's, he's in jeopardy of being out week one, but, um, no, Taylor, Taylor looks good. And, you know, everybody has seen what he can be, uh, for this offense, particularly on third down. I, I think, you know, there, there's a whole group of guys. You can't really group Jalen Hurd in, in, um, in this group anymore, unfortunately, because he got hurt. But Taylor looks really good and looks like he could be a key contributor to the offense. And and Jarek McKinnon, too, I would put in the same category because obviously he missed last season, too. Um, McKinnon looks like he's fully healthy and he's been a real problem for for linebackers to cover. Um, and so, you know, you, you think about what the 49ers lacked last year. It might have been that short passing game that that sometimes can can be an extension of the running game. Mm -hmm. um the 49ers didn't really have that in a way i think they would have wanted to last year yeah uh, in part because taylor and mckinnon were out so now the 49ers have those guys and so i think mckinnon particularly on third downs if you you know want to create mismatches uh with linebackers or or want to do more in the screen game or line him up out wide and to create more space um you know, I, I think McKinnon can be a problem for defenses this year if, if he's fully healthy. And I think Trent Taylor could give Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit of a security blanket that he didn't necessarily have last year that he definitely had in 2017. Um, so, yeah, I think I think things are looking good for Taylor for now, as long as he stays healthy. The question I do have mm -hmm. um, is, you know, do you want Trent Taylor, who basically he missed all of last season with with a foot injury. The year before that, he wasn't nearly as good and or healthy because he had off-season back surgery right. the year before the season started. Do you want that guy being your primary punt returner? Because it looks like Richie James is going to end up 
uh, starting the year on the non-football injury list, which means he's going to be ineligible to play for the first six weeks. So, you know, that that's a question the 49ers have to figure out, and they don't have the luxury of having preseason games to see how these guys do in game situations. So given how important Trent Taylor can be for the offense and given his injury history, do you really want to subject him to returning punts? And I think that's the reason why they brought in Tavon Austin um, is to essentially be Richie James until Richie James gets back. Um, that to me at least would be the smartest way to go about things um, because I'm not, you know, I haven't seen enough from Dante Pettis as a punt returner. I know he was really good in college, but I don't think I would put him back there. I don't even know if Dante Pettis is, is going to be active on, on game days to, to be frank, Interesting. Um, but he does look a lot better. I do think he'll make the team, but um, I think for like, if I'm the 49ers, I would not feel comfortable having Trent Taylor be the primary punt return guy. Um, you probably don't want Ayuk to, to be it either, particularly if he's going to be one of your you know top two receivers. Right. Uh, so I, I do think that's Tavon Austin's role, but the 49ers really trust Taylor in that spot. So, so maybe they do it, but I would just be leery of it given his health concerns. I want to go back to the short passing game thing. I think one of the things that plagued Jimmy Garoppolo last year was hanging onto the ball for too long. And I think having a guy like Trent Taylor, who's so good working the middle of the field and getting open in tight spaces that, Garoppolo trust, which we talked about earlier, is is pretty important. I, I think having a guy like that could really <clears throat> I don't think there's like major things Garoppolo needs to do differently to get better, but I do think getting rid of the football quicker um more often and, and not taking some needless sacks is is definitely something he can improve on. And I think Taylor and and to an extent McKinnon will help that a lot. So that's just yeah that's just something i wanted to get in there how many times did jimmy garoppolo throw the ball away last year it's uh it had there's to be fewer a, than 10 right i believe pro football reference has this and i will i will find it right now but he was he was definitely among the the lowest in the league in that category he just he never just got right, rid of the like, football and then when he tried it in the super bowl he didn't get it out of bounds yeah like one of the one of um aaron Rodgers' most underrated skills in my opinion i mean he never throws interceptions right uh-huh. but one of the reasons why is because he's so good at throwing the ball away and a lot of times he just does it strategically where you can clearly throw it away and and not put the ball in you know at risk of getting intercepted um while also not getting called for intentional grounding i think that's an underrated skill for quarterbacks and i don't think jimmy garoppolo really has that yet or at least he didn't last year yeah and that's something that's something i saw some people on twitter talking about this today uh something that tom brady's so good at is like purposeful interceptions uh and not interceptions but incompletions that's the word jimmy garoppolo according (laughs) to pro football reference uh 33rd in the league last year Sorry, tied for 31st in the league last year with seven throwaways. Seven throwaways? He threw away seven. That's fewer than Mitchell Trubisky, who started 15 games, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who started 13 games, and the same amount as Case Keenum, who started eight games. How many throwaways did Derek Carr have? Derek Carr had, this is a tangent, folks, 28. Tom Brady, 40. Aaron Rodgers, 31. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. I brought up Derek Carr because whenever I watch Derek Carr, I feel like there's like a crucial third down or even sometimes fourth down where he just throws the ball away. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable. That's, that's the other side of the Jimmy Garoppolo not throwing the ball away spectrum. Don't be Derek Carr, but be more like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's let's move a, move along in our training camp takeaways, and and these last two are both offensive line related. I I'm gonna call this number four because I feel like Jarek McKinnon being good is a pretty significant takeaway that you just kind of slid into the Trent Taylor one. Okay. So that's fair. No, number four, if you're keeping track at home, was Jarek McKinnon is is looking healthy and good, which is which is a significant development for the for the 49ers offense. The last two are offensive line related. We'll start on the interior where it looks like the Niners are going to have some issues right now. The biggest issue is they can't keep anybody healthy uh, at, at either center or, or guard. Yeah. So put it this way, the 49ers are down to their third string center in Daniel Brunskill, who is also competing to be the starting right guard. So the fact that Weston Richburg is probably going to start the season on an injured list and miss at least the first six games after tearing his patella in December means that Ben Garland, who started from December on and through the playoffs, is potentially your starting center. The issue is Garland sprained his ankle last week during practice and hasn't been practicing since. Um, I don't think the 49ers believe that Garland is in danger of missing week one, but that's to be determined. Um, so in essence, they're down their third string, their third string center. Um, compounding that issue is the fact that one of the guys that they brought in to provide depth at center, Jake Brendel, um, opted out of the season for health concerns. Um, and then, uh, Spencer Long, who the 49ers brought in to provide depth at center retired. So the 49ers have essentially lost four centers due to injury, (laughs) um, during training camp. And so if, if Garland's injury lingers, um, that could be problematic because then you have to kick Brunskill to center. And that means you might um, be losing a little bit of production at right guard where you have Tom Compton, who is familiar with Kyle Shanahan's system. And I think that's probably his best trait, which is another way of saying, I don't know that Tom Compton is very good. Um, and I'm certainly not certain Tom Compton makes the team if everybody's healthy. Now, um, there is a, an element of none unknown in Colton McKivitz, who sometimes looks really good, sometimes um, struggles. But but McKivitz has gotten better as time has gone on, particularly in in pass pro, um, pass protection and one on ones. And as a fifth round pick, the 49ers really like McKivitz and Kyle Shanahan even said during the draft that had the 49ers not been able to acquire Trent Williams, McKivitz would have been in the mix to replace Joe Staley at left tackle, um, which is high praise and something that one could argue might be complete BS or mm-hmm. might be like, wow, maybe he is actually good. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if McKivitz wound up starting games at, huh. at some point at guard. Um particularly if Brunskill isn't playing right guard because he has to play center. But um, I think if there's a weakness on the 49ers offense and, you know, outside of receiver, and and I I actually don't think receiver is a weakness if everybody's healthy. The problem, of course, is, is, you know, your top two guys are essentially hurt right now. (laughs) Um, But I think the right guard and center spot are pretty problematic at the moment um, because, you know, I don't, Ben Garland's fine. Like, I don't know that he's going to ever be a Pro Bowl player. I think he's probably serviceable and and probably a replacement level type player at center. Um, And, you know, Daniel Brunskill could potentially be a really good guard. But again, if he's not playing guard, then then you have Tom Compton or Colton McKivitz there. Compton, you don't know how good he is (laughs) necessarily at this point in his career. 
and um, McKivitz is is a rookie who you really don't know anything about. So when Aaron Donald's in your division, um, you know that that could potentially be problematic. The interior of the offensive line, I think, is is a significant area of concern for the 49ers going into the season, and they needed everybody to get healthy in a hurry, and to to maybe go to a more long term picture, big picture discussion, which we don't necessarily have to have now, but. <clears throat> It wouldn't surprise me at all if the 49ers end up, you know, using a first round pick next year on a center. It feels or, like or a it, guard or somebody like that. It feels like based on Shanahan's tenure, though, he doesn't really prioritize having like a high level guard play. Well, like they, they got Lycan Tomlinson play, for a fifth round pick and they right, had but, Mike Person in there and then cut him. <laughs> right. The, the thing like Tomlinson was a former first round pick. So right. it's not that they don't, you know, they want high level guards. They just, they, they want to, they want to have, you know, minimal resources invested in that position. Yeah. Totally. But when I say, you know, they might draft somebody, I I mean a center like Kyle Shanahan w- paid Alex Mack in, in Atlanta, essentially. Right. right? And paid Weston Richburg. And paid Weston Richburg, gave him basically the same exact contract that Alex Mack got. Right. Um. So Shanahan really invests in centers and tackles, not necessarily guards. Right. But I think it, you know, it's it's pretty clear now that if there's a weak point on the 49ers offense, it's at interior offensive line. And we saw that rear its head in the Super Bowl when when Chris Jones pretty much had his way with right. with Mike Person and Ben Garland. Let's jump outside uh, for our for our final takeaway where. It turns out Trent Williams good at football. Really good at football. <laughs> you you could make the case that Trent Williams is one of the 49ers two best players right now. Wow. Or at least I feel comfortable saying Trent Williams is top 3. Like it, it there's I think wow. George Kittle's number 1 and then Nick Bosa or Trent Williams are are 2 and 3 in some order. Um Williams looks really good. Uh he he basically split his you know, one-on-one reps with Bosa early on in camp. And lately before Bosa got hurt, um, he was winning a lot of those reps against Bosa and Bosa was still making a lot of plays and in, in team drills and, and things like that. But um, Williams is basically a house with a helmet attached to it. Like <laughs> he's a very large human who moves ridiculously well. And, um, if you're a pass rusher and you don't win with your primary move and you spin off or, you know, change directions or do something with a secondary move, Williams reacts very quickly and just stones everybody. Jeez. <laughs> um, so he, Trent Williams is a monster. I think he's probably better than Joe Staley. And um, the big question I have now with Williams, and this has a lot to do with the the salary cap discussion, is whether or not he's going to be one and done. Because if, you know, if I am right and Williams is one of the two or three best players the 49ers have this year at left tackle, then that's probably somebody who could garner a Laramie Tunzel type contract on the open market which of course exceeded $20 million. So I don't know. I mean, that Tunsil might be an outlier. Like the, the floor I would think for Trent Williams is, you know, Trent Brown's deal that gave him what 16 and a half million or something like that per season. Um, 
Williams is going to get paid next offseason, and I don't know if it's going to be with the 49ers because of the fact that they have so many other guys they have to pay, and they're already up against it um, from a salary cap perspective next year. So that's a problem for for another time. Williams might be a one-and-done player here, but he has been excellent during training camp, um, and I think getting him for a third and fifth round pick while you're trying to win a Super Bowl is a hell of a trade after losing Joe Staley to retirement. Um, yeah. And that could end up being a defining move for the team if they do end up winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, and just Williams has been excellent. And I think he's really good for Nick Bosa's development. A lot of people have written about that. Um, you know, iron sharpens iron, Kyle. I don't know if you knew that. Get out of town. What? Um, but... A lot of people have written about the Williams and Bosa thing. And a lot of people have written about people writing about the Williams and Bosa thing. <laughs> Ninerswire.com. It's been a hot, it's been a hot uh, discussion during during camp. But it is, it has been a lot of fun when those uh, when Bosa's been out there to watch those guys and pass rushing drills. Like as soon as they they break from you know special teams or whatever drills they're doing, individual drills into those one on one drills. That's that's where everybody's eyes go, and it's only like been two reps per practice. So you might if you blink, you might miss it. But um. But Bosa there... and Williams are two extremely high-level football players, and watching them go against each other is, is a lot of fun if you love football. And so I think 49ers fans should be really excited about the idea of Trent Williams being their left tackle because what... Trent Williams is really good and might be one of the best tackles in the league. Was there ever a rust factor with Williams? Like, did he start off a little bit slow, or was it just... So like, like he said, put like, pads on and it was like he didn't miss a full year. No, you, you could tell like Bosa had his way with them. I mean, they were splitting reps in their one on ones early on. And Williams, as he's knocked some of that rust off, has gotten a lot better. And Williams has said there's still rust. Right. Um, and the 49ers have been pretty conservative with a lot of their veterans in terms of like playing time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Williams has played a lot during practice and, and he'll get a spell here and there um to allow justin school to to play left tackle a little bit but um no williams looks really good he's in good shape he's moving really well it's i mean there just aren't dudes that big that move the way he does like there just aren't he's he's kind of a unicorn in that sense and um and he's really really good so i would imagine there are going to be a lot of runs to the left with george kittle over there and trent williams over there and lakin tomlinson over there um and good luck defending that i think yeah <laughs> um particularly if you throw kyle use in there too is a really good blocker like there's the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball by running it to that to that side the problem yeah. is going to be if you know somebody like aaron donald penetrates from from the <laughs> right side first <laughs> to yeah. blow up the play but no i mean trent williams being trent williams being good wouldn't really be that noticeable or that notable i should say but trent williams being elite um, which he he has been, in my opinion, uh, I think is a really positive storyline if you're a 49ers fan. All right. Two quick questions before sure. we get out of here and talk about my favorite betting side. Uh, one, who has been three questions? I have three questions. Okay. One, has the locker room recovered from the release of Jonas Griffin? <laughs> you know what i'm not sure access okay. access is limited we don't get we don't get to go in the locker room anymore it's a storyline worth following in my opinion uh, uh okay indiana Sin- state zone 
uh, the best athlete to ever come out of Indiana State. They, they even gave away his number. The new tight end was wearing oh, 47. This is unbelievable. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, bit, the bit is that I had this fake attachment to, to Jonas Griffin, right. uh, who was released. Anyways, uh, wish him the best. I hope he carves out a good NFL career. Question number two. Uh, you want good or bad? Uh, let's. That's not the question. Let's get the, let's get the bad out of the way. Okay, who has been the worst player in camp? And if you don't want to say who's been the worst player in camp, who has been worse than you expected them to be? Who's been the worst? Okay, I I don't have an answer for the worst player in camp because I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm I'm not like yeah, you super can't, no, closely you tuned into like the the when the third team's out there. Like sure, right? Who's not good? And you're far away, and it's eighty guys. I understand you yeah. can't watch everybody. Yeah. Um. God, this is probably gonna come back to to bite me. No, I'm just big... okay. Here, let me let me let me phrase it. No, different, no, no, right? no. Please. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm not a big Dion Jordan guy. Okay. Um. I know he's he was been a on. He's been on pick. three teams and he's a former number three pick. There's a lot of people in the league who aren't big Dion Jordan guys. Yeah, like I, if, in my opinion, if you have hopes that Dion Jordan is going to provide much, if anything, if he even makes the roster to the 49ers pass rush, um, I think your expectations might be misguided. The NFL is so hard, dude. The NFL is hard. Like everything about De- everything about Dion Jordan says this guy should be a superstar. And he's just struggled. It's wild, man. Yeah, like Jared Jones-Smith and William Sweet, who are backup offensive tackles, um, who probably aren't going to make the team, have been practicing pretty well against Deion Jordan. Wow. Tough. So, you know, he's not... I, I, I don't know who the worst guy on the team is, and I'm not saying Jordan's the worst guy on the team. I just... He hasn't been good. I know there, there's that's a, a segment that's all, of... That's all I want. Was, yeah, there's a was, segment of people who who were optimistic about the Dion Jordan signing, um, and after watching in practice, I am not one of them. Okay, uh, who's been better than than you maybe expected? Hmm, Jamichael Hasty. Hmm, he's I he's kind of climbing into that that conversation for you know if they keep four halfbacks. Do you keep him over Jeff Wilson Jr.? I think that that's a conversation that's being had. Um, who else? I'm almost wondering, though, because of the expanded practice squads and stuff and no, and no preseason games, if they'll keep Wilson because there's no tape on Hasty and he's more likely to clear waivers and land on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, potentially potentially uh practice squads can be 16 guys this year and you can call up two on game days and yeah hasty's been a a really tough cover in the passing game which which has me optimistic uh, about his about his chances um hmm let me rack my brain ask the next question and i might come back to uh, that was it i only had three i'm out of questions dude who's been better than i thought they would be lakin tomlinson has been really good um, not that I, I didn't think he, I mean, he, he, he's been fine. Right. Right. First, but I think he's actually now like Lake and Tomlinson is like legitimately a good left guard. A um, pro bowl, possible pro bowl caliber. left guard. Yeah. Okay. Who's been better than I thought they would be. I mean, what about has, team. has, okay. Here's a, here's a bonus question. Okay. <laughs> and if you think of another answer, 
to the last one you can give it to me but uh how has Jawan Jennings of my Tennessee Volunteers looked <laughs> um good good I the Jennings is faster having a or slower camp. than you imagine or about Wait, the so same. when I when I watch him play I don't <laughs> think he I don't think he's slow huh um it, for those for those not who didn't keep track, he ran like a four seven two at the combine, which is extraordinarily right. slow for a wide receiver. Right. I I just don't know. The issue with Jennings is that I think if you are gonna make the team as a receiver in that you know fifth, sixth, or seventh spot, you gotta play special teams. Yeah, you gotta play special teams, and I don't really know if he does or if he can. Hmm. So. Okay. You know, at least with Dante Pettis, you know he can play the slot and outside, and he could potentially offer something in the return game. Jennings is kind of just limited to offense, and I don't know how much value he would have on a 53-man roster um, on the back end of, you know, on the fringe of it. To me, he seems like a perfect practice squad guy to where if you lose a receiver to injury, then you can bring him up um, sure. and, and maybe get some some spot snaps. Um, but no, I, I, for a seventh round pick, I I think Juwan Jennings looks good and, and could be a contributor down the road. Uh, like I said, I I think the 49ers top three receivers are pretty established. Even top four, uh, when Debo comes back are pretty established. So it's going to be hard to, to carve out a role without, without there being injuries. So, um, yeah, Jennings looks good though. I think how about, um, Happy to how, hear that. How about our guy Charlie Warner, the mm. uh, the sixth round pick, the tight end? He's the the last few practices. He's made a a handful of catches, um, in team drills from Jimmy Garoppolo. So, um, you know, he, he obviously wasn't a super productive guy in the passing game at Georgia, widely known as a blocker. Um, but I I think I think Warner has the makings of being a productive second or third tight end. Probably third at or third okay. or fourth, I guess. I mean, I, I put it this way. Warner's going to play like he he's going to get those Levine toy, low, low Garrett Selleck snaps from a year ago. And uh, and I don't think the 49ers will be worse off because of it. OK, I dig it. Cool. All right. We're going to get out of here. Those are your training camp takeaways. We'll have at least one more pod. I, I imagine probably two or three more before camp is over. We've also got lined up for next week an NFC West preview where we'll be chatting with uh, writers from the three other NFC West teams. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll be recording that across Monday and Tuesday, and then it, uh, it should drop the next day. Uh, so check your feeds for that. If you haven't already downloaded, subscribed, and dropped a review, please do so now. Uh, Chris, thanks, buddy. We'll see you next time. Yeah, man. Did somebody say playoffs? Playoffs. NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Boy, do they. I have been betting on the NBA so much. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. I've been having a ton of fun betting baseball as well. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Just go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE 
to receive your welcome bonus. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, Blue Wire, to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code Blue Wire. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 